0: Welcome to Studio B. I'm your host, Sarah Scott, and obviously every band and artist, they are all different from genres, styles, and everything in between, but they've all got one thing in common. They want to get recognized. Merchandise is a great, if not one of the better choices these days to do so. It gives you the ability to take your visibility to the next level and raise some money at the same time. Your merch can be and will be a walking billboard for you or your band. The good news is there are so many flexible options out there for you to choose from. We're going to walk through your role as an artist when it comes to providing your fans with great merchandise, the entrepreneurship and the business brain you need to have behind it as an artist when it comes to your brand and your merchandise, and how to find what's right for you or your band. We have lots of merch ideas to share, so no worries. We are going to discuss budget. Budgeting and ways to save money for ordering what you need and designing your merch. Also, the best practices for selling it and what kinds of items and designs your fans would love. How it creates a unification of your fans and yourself with them and how it creates an interaction with people to become bigger fans, both online and in venue. Our guest industry expert this episode is musician Adam Chason, who is the owner and founder of Tree Picks, this great company out of Calgary that makes beautiful custom wooden guitar picks. Let's talk merch and business on this episode of Studio B. Gotta make it for you, gotta make it for me. (coughs) so thank you so much for coming into Studio B today Adam I really appreciate it so I know you and I know a lot of musicians do know you who listen to Studio B but if we have some first-time listeners I would love for you to tell us more about yourself and your musical journey because you not only do tree picks which we mentioned in the intro but you are a musician yourself
1: I am yeah born and raised in Cape Breton on the east coast so I just grew up in a you know musical family and music's just such a big part of the culture back there like everyone kind of can you know bang out a few chords on a guitar or something like that. It's really just a cultural thing. So, you know, basically started in school band and it wasn't until high school that I kind of got a little more serious about it. After high school, I studied music in university at Dalhousie in Halifax. Wow. I did five years of jazz saxophone which is kind of nothing that I really, you know, like a lot of people are shocked when they hear that. But, and uh, yeah, you know, I learned to play a bunch of other instruments along the way, guitar, fiddle, piano, that kind of stuff. It's, that's sort of my, you know, kind of the Reader's Digest version of the, the musician in me sort of things. So.
0: so what brought you out to Alberta? Work.
1: Work. So yeah, I was doing music professionally for about a year or so. And then I was planning on going back to school in Ireland. I wanted to do a master's in Celtic guitar. And so I came to Alberta for a year what the plan was supposed to be originally nine months. And here I am 15 years later.
0: <laughs> well, we're happy to have you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I fun. love it. I, <laughs> I love literally it, yeah.
0: all over the map, like almost literally. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's it's like both 5,000 kilometers from home. So it's kind of far, but I, I'm really happy here. I would have moved on if I wasn't. So
0: For sure. And you have Tree Picks. And that actually started back out east, Tree Picks did. Am I correct?
1: Well, no, it started in Calgary. Okay. Um, But yeah, it it was kind of like had a heavy East Coast influence for sure.
0: For sure. So. So how did you start Tree Picks? What was the inspiration behind it?
1: So when I moved here 15 years ago, I started a renovation company. Uh, mostly doing drywall painting, that kind of stuff. I've always been entrepreneurial. I'd never really had a real job with a boss per se. You know, I'm kind of like a handy guy and uh, good at fixing up houses, that stuff. And so I have like a garage full of tools. Um, I was in a wood shop one day and bought, there was this just really cool piece of wood that was like a certain, just like the perfect thickness to make a wooden pick. And so I bought it just on an impulse. And then it sat in my basement for literally four years because I had bought a house, my own house that I was was renovating sort of as I could afford to. Four years later, I came across this piece of wood and I was like, oh yeah, I was going to make picks out of that. At that point, I kind of looked into about laser engraving. So that's how our picks get made. Well, I'm from Cape Breton originally. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be cool to have like the map of Cape Breton engraved on it. It kind of started that way. The plan was never to start a business doing it. It just made some up for myself for something to do that was kind of fun. And then after about a year of when I sort of made up the first batch, it went really well. Like, you know, I was really happy with how they came out. And then I just started experimenting with different woods and just kind of playing around with it and then after about a year I was like maybe I could sell these things so I came up with tree picks and you know branded it and whatnot you know started making them out of different woods that was kind of like a a side hustle sort of thing and that kept growing and then after about a year and a half of that it sort of became my full-time thing
0: that's pretty cool so you have different types of woods for different type of picks can you tell (laughs) us more about that and how wood sounds different than a plastic pick
1: yes so the different woods they look different to the the eye some are very light some are dark we have one purple heart it's like purple like yeah. barney purple but the big thing is they they all look different but they all sound different so depending on the tree they're made from some trees are really really hard and others are less so it's kind of like the science behind it it has to do with the density of the wood the analogy i use is for people who don't play is imagine you had a frying pan in your hand and you hit it with a plastic spoon a wooden spoon or a metal spoon you get three different sounds like the plastic would be kind of neutral, the metal would be bright, and the wood would be kind of dull and blunt. And it's the same concept with a pick. A plastic pick will give you one sound, and then a wood pick will give you a different tone. And it oh. tends to be a little bit warmer, more of a mellow kind of tone. You can hear it especially on an acoustic guitar. But they also feel that, like the attack, the way the pick hits the string, is like a different feel as well. So.
0: Your picks also smell really nice. They do.
1: Most <laughs> of them get finished with lemon oil, so and they get laser engraved and cut, so it kind of has like this charred flavor and then uh, the lemon thing too. It's kind of like a citrusy campfire.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, you uh, plant trees with tree picks too.
1: We do. When I came up with the name tree picks. I, I kind of struggled finding the name, and I knew when I when I came on Tree Picks, I was like, that's it for sure. I was kind of trying to find something that was like blank wood picks, hardwood picks, ironwood picks, something, and I just couldn't get it. And then when I came up with Tree, you know, they're made from trees, so like that was it. And then I was like, I, I looked into it, and it's surprisingly affordable to plant a tree. Like, you can buy a sapling very cheap. So we buy the trees and then donate them to different charity groups that kind of thing or landowners who just like have a ton of space that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they plant them so like i'm not out in a field digging (laughs) a hole a tree gets planted for every pick we sell
0: Cool. And you've partnered up with a lot of Alberta musicians and Canadian musicians with these tree picks. How does that work and how did you start doing that?
1: Yeah, I was just basically looking for like a brand ambassador and artist to artists to to do it. Our very first one was Matt Blaze. I was playing at the King Eddie on Canada Day. I think it was two years ago. It was the very first show in the King Eddie that was open to the public after they reopened. We were the very first band to play there. So that kind of feels cool and Matt played right after us it's kind of a funny story so he was going on stage we were walking off and I said hey man I make these picks. you know take a handful of them check them out shortly thereafter he had a bunch of merch that was done and I think his vehicle got broken into and it all got stolen and so he called me up he's like man I'm totally out of merch and I need some stuff I'm like okay hey, I'll be happy to help you. and that's kind of how it started with Matt and then it just kind of kept going from there as I'd meet new artists who were interested in them and kind of get more on board and like the, my favorite thing about running it is the people I get to meet like you you know like just People who are just like interesting people and who have like, you know, similar interests. It's, it's, I just get to meet and talk to really cool people.
0: Music is like that. We all are so intertwined in some way or another. Totally. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about how hicks are a good merch item later on in the interview. And also, I want to talk about your experience with band merchandise you said you were in a band that opened up for matt blaze first of all what was the name of your band
1: it's the jack lumber band we're still a band Band. yeah we're playing at the king eddie again on i think it's march 22nd whatever that friday night is yeah so yeah we you know we play around town quite a bit uh, i mean some buddies and uh yeah, it's a lot of fun but i've been in bands you know from high school on oh, kind of now. things. so yeah pretty much in one way or another so
0: so let's talk about your own experience with band merchandise and your favorite types of merchandise you see at shows
1: when i started the big difference between then and now and it's like i'm 38 so it's it's not like i'm an old you know geezer of a guy but the change from when i started is totally different back then people actually bought music Mm -hmm. So the biggest merch item you had was your music. So be it a CD, no one really bought cassettes then, but it was CDs. So a band was trying to make a CD and you would sell them at your shows. No one really cared about the t-shirts or anything else. It was just buy our CD. So we would play shows sometimes you know they were good shows in a like a soft cedar or something like that and you'd sell more merch or sometimes they'd be in like the gringy you know like the worst club you could find Yeah, you you know you would sell less there but we would get off the stage so we would play our set and then we like There was five guys in the band, and we'd go in, like, five different directions with, like, a stack of CDs and, like, go up to tables to, like, drunk people saying, hey, we just played. We'd, like, buy a CD. (laughs) More often than not, they would, you know, because they were hammered and didn't know or care or whatever. So, you know, the way I try to get an artist to think about it is that you're not an artist. You're an entrepreneur, and your product is art. Like, you are an artist, of course, but if you can, like, kind of wrap your head around that... It changes the game. So you're running a business, whether you like it or not. You know, you might be the best singer in the world. You might write awesome songs. But at the end of the day, you're running a business. And you have to consider that first and foremost, really.
0: For sure. And I feel like music these days, it is more of the marketing tool than their merchandise. Because like you said, people were buying merchandise back then, and it was specifically the CDs, not really the T-shirts or the pins or the posters. It was the CDs. But that has changed so much in the last 10 years with streaming services. And, uh, you know, I don't even have a CD player in my car anymore. So mm-hmm. they have to find other ways to, you know, make money while also making themselves more noticeable, you know, with not just their music anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. I see people... They'll post stuff on Instagram, like, you know, celebrating 100,000 streams on Spotify or 200,000, whatever it is. And the first thing I think about is I would love to see your bank statement. I really don't know how much money they make off that. But from like what I read and hear, it's not much. It's like literally pennies. It makes me feel bad because clearly this person is creating music that people like and want to listen to. And they're not getting compensated for it. But it's the way it is. And, you know, you could complain about it or you adapt.
0: Yep. And And, I think it's great they're getting that many listens and that many likes and that many followers. That is so awesome to see, you know, because we just want to see them all do well and we mm -hmm. want to see them all become their version of success. Of course. You're probably wondering where can I find Studio B on social media? We do have Instagram at underscore underscore studio underscore B underscore underscore because Studio B was already taken, (laughs) and there you can find out all the details on what is happening and what shows are coming up and who our guests are going to be. We do also have Facebook at Studio B Podcast. You can check us out and like us there, and there are links to our programs on Facebook too. We are available on Spotify and Buzzsprout for now, but working towards getting onto some more platforms. Thanks for listening to Studio B. Let's get back to it. So what are some unique merch items that you've seen at shows that you've been to? Because you probably do go out to a lot of live music yourself, being a musician and also being a part of Tree Picks and going out to all these places.
1: Yeah, sadly, the answer is nothing. Really? So I don't really see cool, unique stuff. Most people have the exact same thing. So it's rare that you see something. like, oh, wow, look at that. There's nothing like in recent memory that's really caught my eye that said, oh, okay, this is really cool. Everyone has stickers. Everyone has some kind of t-shirt some people still have cds socks i've seen some socks yep. more and more recently that's kind of cool honestly like there hasn't really been much you know you see some kind of handmade things like one-off stuff mm-hmm. that's really cool but hard to reproduce i would think like if you're an artist it's hard to like make on that like they're maybe oh, yeah. supporting a fellow artist by selling that i've seen some cool jewelry made out of guitar strings mm-hmm. that you know could have like a guitar pick on it or something like that and it looks great but like that's it like and i In all honesty, I wish more people would kind of think outside the box.
0: One person that is doing that, and I'll point her out, is Mariah Stokes. She has bolo ties now as a merchandise. She's also coming out with a denim line as well and Mm -hmm. also coming out with new clothing line too. Love it. And I'm like, that is merchandise that Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure so many people would purchase. And also when you make your merchandise, you're creating a way to unify your audience Mm -hmm. as one.
1: Yep. She's an example of someone who gets it that she's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. She's running a business. So she's, I've seen her play many times. She writes phenomenal song. She's a great singer. She puts on a great show. There is an example of someone who's kind of outside the box and thinking of it more from an entrepreneur yeah. as opposed to the artist side. Yeah. You
0: know? And Laurel Holmes of Elle House Fashion is helping her out with that. And <laughs> we can't say too much about the denim line yet, but it's going to be flared in 70s, just like Mariah. Yeah, so she's owning yeah. her brand. Love it. And I think that is just the coolest thing. Totally. And like they have merchandise, merch for short, you know, mm-hmm. got some merch. It's still a huge market no matter what. Like you go to a concert, you're going to see massive table of T-shirts and pins and stickers and hats and everything else on the market and physical copies of music sales we just talked about. They're going down for the most part, but fans now have like YouTube streaming services downloading and So many other ways of getting their music online. So these bands, they have to make money somehow and get fans to stay interested in what they have to offer. So merchandise is super important these days. And in your opinion, how important is it to have good merchandise these days?
1: Crucial. If you're an independent artist, you have to, again, think of yourself as an entrepreneur. But the goal of most artists is to grow their career, say, ultimately for a record deal. So let's just kind of go down that path a little bit. The word record deal, it's really an outdated term because a record company would sign an artist to make records, but that doesn't really happen anymore. So they sign an artist and they make music. And at best, they'll put out an EP, which is a six-track album, CD, whatever. And the only reason a lot of them even do that now is so they can be nominated for Junos, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So most people are just putting out singles, which is, you know, again, they're adapting to how it is now. So you could constantly be putting out new music, which is I think is great. I have, like, zero problem with it. A record company, they don't sign just anybody, and it's not even so much about the music or the talent. Back in the day, people would get signed, and they would have what would be, like, a three-album development deal. The record company would be placing a bet saying, okay, we think Sarah is good, two or three albums from now – She'll get her feet wet and she'll kind of figure this whole thing out. And then three albums from now, it's going to hit. That doesn't happen anymore. You get dropped almost as quick as you get signed. The people they kind of look for are the people who have that sort of savvy with you know, the business side of it or the branding side of it. The two big mistakes I see are one, surprisingly, a lot of them don't have a logo, which is sounds just to me so basic. If you're an independent artist, like having a logo, in my opinion, is almost as important as having like a CD. And also it really doesn't have to be complicated. I think the best ones are the simple ones. And it could be something as easy as just cool font with Mm -hmm. your name or the band name. It's also surprisingly easy to get done. There's all kinds of websites It's like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, Upwork, where people, you see the services they offer. And it's like, I will do a logo for you for $20. It's not like it costs a lot of money, but it's super important. Again, you can have like the best songs and all those things. But anyone who's looking to sign an artist, they're looking for someone who's the whole package. Mm -hmm. It's not just, oh, he or she writes great songs. He or she's a great singer. If that's all she has, that's all he has. It's really not enough. First off, if you don't have merch, you leave money on the table. So if you're playing a show and you're getting paid for the show, you should be getting paid twice. So you should be getting paid for the show your fee, whatever it is. And then you should also be getting income from your merch. If you're not, you're leaving money on the table. Also, surprisingly, a lot of artists are terrible at promoting themselves. They feel bad about it. It's like, you know, they'll be, you'll see them on stage, it's like, okay, well, here's a shameless self-promotion time. I have CDs, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I get it could be uncomfortable, but you have to wear that. You have to own it. You're, again, running a business. So if you're not getting two sources of income from every time you play a show, you're leaving money on the table.
0: So merchandise sounds like it's more of a business ideal. And branding. And branding, for sure. So Brett Kissel is a really interesting example because he wears his merchandise on a regular basis. He will wear his own hats. He'll wear his own sweaters. Mm -hmm. He will wear his own T-shirts. And at first, I was like, dude come on but then you look at it and you're like maybe i want that shirt or maybe someone would want that shirt or brett kissel's wearing that shirt i want that shirt so obviously he's making money
1: i'm a huge garth brooks fan one of the reasons i started playing guitar in high school was to learn how to play garth brooks songs his logo it's a lowercase g with a circle around it he's had the same logo for like 30 years and anytime you see him like if you see he does these facebook things it's called um Inside Studio G, he's wearing a Garth Brooks World Tour hat or a Garth Brooks hoodie or whatever it is. If Garth Brooks can do it, why can't independent artists in Canada do it.
0: But when it comes to promoting merchandise, that is obviously super important. And there's so many ways to do it. They can do it on Instagram. They can do it on Facebook. They can do it on their website. But how should they do it properly?
1: If you're an independent artist, presumably you're playing shows. The best way to do it is face to face in person. There's a great story that I remember. There's a guy named Rick Barker. He was part of Big Machine Records. So he was on Taylor Swift's early management team. So when she put out her first record, they were doing like radio tours and that kind of thing. She said, you know, I want to sell, have a gold record and that's 500,000 copies. And he said, okay, we need to meet 500,000 people. Nowadays, I would challenge that even more. You know, not everyone's going to buy a CD. So if you're an independent artist and you wanted to sell 5,000 records, you need to meet like 8,000 people. Shake hands kind of thing. You can absolutely sell it online and we'll get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the best way to do it hundred percent is in person. So if you're like a full time independent artist or like a serious independent artist, because I get, you know, like full time, it's it's hard yeah. to make a full time living. Yeah. You know, um, I've been there. It's super tough. If you're an artist, you should be on stage before your last song or whatever. Say, hey, my name is Adam. Thanks so much for coming out. I have some merch at the back of the room. I'd love to meet you guys after the show. I'll be back there. You know, feel free to come back. We can take a picture, sign some autographs, whatever it is. Thanks so much. And you're not necessarily telling them, come buy stuff. You're asking them to come back and meet you. That's the best way to do it.
0: That is a really good way to do it. Like making it interactive, you know, saying, come and meet me. And then once you meet them, they may feel a little bit more enticed to purchase that hat or that CD or that t-shirt there's you an know, element of
1: guilt involved <laughs> but it's Sorry. it's true like you know like they might feel like oh well you know he got a selfie with me she took a picture with me you know maybe i should buy their cd or whatever it's, it's true so I'll, I'll tell you another quick story so the ccmas were in calgary this year mm-hmm. and Lindsay l did a show at it was the stampede, stampede session yes yeah exactly so i went to that it was like, like nine in the morning i'd never see i seen her perform at the vancouver olympics in 2010 after the show she basically did what i just said hey you know i'll be outside she had this huge merch table set up she was standing at the end of it and the lineup of people to meet her was huge like hundreds of people basically everyone who was in the theater stood around to meet her and she stood there and took like hundreds of pictures signed Mm -hmm. hundreds of autographs but everyone walked past the merch table and then they got to her i was towards the end of the line so i like literally waited like an hour i left and i went outside the like tour bus was packed her band was sitting on the like the curb just you know kind of like playing on their phones waiting for it and like she was still in there in like stage clothes like you know taking pictures But she probably also sold a ton of merch that day. Mm -hmm. And she also created a ton of goodwill with the people that were there. Mm -hmm. She was awesome. And like, I know she played a show the night before. And like, here it was like 9am on a Saturday morning. And she was there, like, just ready to go. And I was like, man, this girl gets it. Mm -hmm. Like, she is the hardest worker. And that's how you sell merch. You got to meet people.
0: Stand at the very end of the March table, tip number one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you
1: know, like so many people, I'll see these bands and singers, they'll put out, hey, you know, stream me on Spotify, add me to this playlist or whatever. I don't put out music now, but if I did, I would think like, you know, hey, our new single's out on iTunes, click here to purchase, as opposed to stream on Spotify. Like, you know, you're going to get a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. Or there's all kinds of ways to do it as well, where you can direct download it on your website. I go on every artist's website too, and a lot of their websites could be improved. Some people have good ones, Mm -hmm. but overall, they're not good enough.
0: Well, I'll say something about that because I feel like Instagram and Facebook are definitely more overriding than websites these days, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can now have links to everything on not just your website anymore. You can put it on Facebook, you can put it on Instagram, you can put it on Twitter. So maybe they're thinking that, well, we don't really need a website to be updated because no one's really going on there anyways, kind of a thing, but...
1: The website is your house. All those other things are just, you know, different rooms. Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all these things are like crazy important. Don't forget about the website. Not only that, people who are in the biz and want to hire you and we want to, you know, like we're looking at this guy, this girl, this band, like they're going to your website. And if your website's crap, that reflects on you.
0: I agree with that 110%. I don't have a website because I can't afford one. And also I'm not that technology savvy, (laughs) Um, but I feel like, yeah, my Instagram and Facebook are doing just fine. But I think websites for band because I'm not selling merchandise. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting stuff out on the airwaves here and there. But we did kind of talk about the purpose of merchandise. And what's great about it is that it accomplishes many, many things. For a band or artist, it generates revenue, as we mentioned. And you should be making multiple sources of income. And it also serves as promotional material, of course. Mm -hmm. And for fans, it also provides a piece of memorabilia they can get excited about and show off to their friends. But also it creates that unification of fans, too. Plus, it does whatever function you want it to serve at the time with customization. So with your merchandise, you should be creating something customizable and it should be swag and it should excite your fans and it should bring in some bucks.
1: That's it, couldn't say it any better. It should be those things. So that's what it's gotta do. Totally. Also another thing, so I know what it's like to be an independent artist. You guys, we didn't have a lot of money, but the good news is it's never been easier to do, especially merch, but even music. Something I would like to see more independent artists do is trade services. You don't have a lot of money, but you have like a skill set. So I, you know, we have TreePix merch, hoodies, shirts, that kind of stuff. And I need people to model them. So photography is like one of my hobbies. So, and I'm pretty good at it. And so I'll take people and say, hey, I'll do a full photo shoot with you. So we'll shoot for like an hour. And then at the end of it, I'll give them a TreePix hoodie to put on. I'll take five or 10 minutes of those photos. The trade is, to bring value to the other person. People come to me daily. They'll like, you know, send me a DM on Instagram or something, say, hey, hook me up with some pics. And they're just looking for free stuff. And like, I can see through it like a mile away. Whereas if someone sent me a message saying, hey, I'm going to Australia. If you give me a tree pics t-shirt, I'll take like five photos in front of the opera house in Sydney. I'd be like, okay, you have my attention. As opposed to someone who's just like, hey, like send me some free Mm pics. Like the key is to offer someone something useful to them, preferably give more than you take. Reaching out to someone, it's like, I'll do an hour photo shoot with you if you give me 10 minutes of your time.
0: It's so easy to do in the music scene, too, because a lot of artists these days, as you probably know, aren't just musicians. It's so easy to do these days.
1: Everybody is good at something. So if you're like good at music, you're also good at something else. And it could be photography. It could be that you bake the best apple pie that anyone's ever tasted. Back to the thinking of it like an entrepreneur. When you approach someone, offer them more value than you're taking from them. Make it hard for them to say no. What does that person need? What could they use? What can I offer them? How can we mm-hmm. work together? What can we do? Some people might say no.
0: Yeah, that's fair like, too.
1: Back to the entrepreneur thing if you're running a business, like you're in sales. Mm-hmm. And if you're in sales, you're gonna hear no like a hundred times more than you're gonna hear yes.
0: Oh yeah. Thanks for joining us for Studio B this week. My name is Sarah Scott, your host. Here to talk about a really cool group run out of Calgary. They support both new and established writers right here in Alberta. You've heard Shard talk about them quite a few times. They're Canada's largest independent songwriters group. They've been going strong for 16 years, which is super awesome. You probably know who I'm talking about the Calgary Songsmiths. These guys are awesome. I've had the opportunity to go to two of their sessions, one on a regular Tuesday night and then one was a summer school session with the Northern Pikes. And both times I was so inspired as not just a writer, but also as an industry professional. And I was so happy with what they are and have been doing for new and established writers, singers, songwriters, and emerging independent artists. They have workshops, resources, mentoring opportunities to perform and educational sessions. On different aspects of the songwriting business. There are no membership fees, and the sessions are open to all ages. They gather every third Tuesday of the month. You can find out more details on their Facebook page under Calgary Songsmiths on Instagram or on Twitter and make sure you keep checking back for updates on sessions and events on their Facebook or Instagram pages as well. The Calgary Songsmiths keep doing what you're doing. I absolutely love it and I'm happy to get the word out for you. In your opinion, because you've been to a lot of shows you go on the websites, you go on the social media how can a band and artists create really eye-catching merchandise? Some notes I have here are like these bands and artists can research other bands. They can ask what sells best. You know, being unique and creative is great, but a band without an unlimited budget, it kind of is a bit hard for them to make the best of the best merchandise. So on a budget, how can a band or an artist create eye-catching merchandise that fans and people are going to love?
1: Back to the website, have to have a good website. If your website doesn't have an online store, you're doing it wrong. Nowadays, there's no excuse for it. So any place that makes a website, Wix, Squarespace, whatever it is, they all have a way that you can do an online store. So the thing with apparel is apparel is a little tricky because if you say you want to get t-shirts made, you have to like get shirts made from like extra small to like double triple XL, And so that's a lot of shirts. So to stock them, it's, you know, it's a lot of money. You're buying a lot of things. You're trying to guess. So, but if you do it online, there's a thing called print on demand. It's similar to drop shipping. Drop shipping is you'll go to a store, an online store, and you'll buy something, and essentially it comes from China. But the store is based in North America somewhere. So they're like, kind of like a middleman, and it, you know, they never really had the product. They're just sort of placing the order, and it comes from there, and it goes directly to you. Mm-hmm. So the print on demand thing is the same thing. There's a, a company called Printful, P R I N T F U L, and they have apps that integrate through your website click on that and you bring it in. I don't use this cuz we stock our own stuff, but it's it's great in concept. Yeah. So you have your logo, which we talked about earlier, which yep. you got done now, and then you upload the logo to there and it will place the logo on the shirt. So and it'll generate all these different photos. You never have any of this merch. You don't stock it. So, someone goes to your website, they say, Oh, I want to buy a shirt, I want to buy a hoodie, a coffee mug, a pen. And they have like hundreds of different items that you can customize. Mm-hmm. And you never have to stock any of this stuff. So, someone goes Easy. to your website, they buy a shirt, click order. You'll get a thing saying, Someone bought a shirt. Printful makes the shirt, they print it on demand, and then they ship it out. So, you never even have to like touch anything. Now, they take a much bigger cut, but the The flip side of this is you get to set the price. Uh, So you could say, okay, I'm going to sell my shirt for 40 bucks, which would be high. I couldn't imagine a lot of money. We'll talk about that
0: in a bit, yeah. You know,
1: but, and then Printful takes whatever it is they're cut, they tell you, and then you can just say, this is what my profit's going to be, and then that money just goes straight to you. Oh, okay. So you can like have a full online store with like, tons of different items that you never even see.
0: For sure. And if they are setting up at a live show, how can they create that merchandise want from people?
1: Live shows are trickier. If you're a smaller independent artist, it's a little bit trickier than it is if you're say like a full time touring act. Most venues, if you're playing in clubs are dark. First off, you have to agree to this stuff. Like if in the contract, like we're going to have a merch table, some venues will charge a commission. 10, 15% maybe of whatever the merch sales are. Some don't charge at all. The ones that do well, you can get banners printed now that are very cheap, 60 bucks. So at a live show, it should be well lit. You should have a very defined area that's not kind of tucked away. And again, it should be like announced from the stage. Everyone clearly knows where the merch section is. Better if it's closer to an entrance exit, so people kind of have to walk by it.
0: But looks-wise and like appeal to people kind of a thing, we're going to talk about that now because we're going to talk about the types of merchandise we see at every show and Mm. how to make it stand out. But there are like so many types of merchandise items that you can like sell and offer. And some of the ideas I never even thought of as merchandise, like offering music lessons or like YouTube videos or special fan access. But it's like crazy. But let's talk about the number one thing that we always see at shows. T-shirts. So proper concert T-shirts. When you see a concert T-shirt, what are a few rules for creating a proper concert T-shirt in your view? I like contrast.
1: So this is personal taste. It's funny. So the drummer in our band, we were jamming a few weeks ago and he has tons of these things. And so usually I'd like never seen him wear the same shirt twice. (laughs) And he had a Jason Isbell one on. And it was kind of like this navy shirt that had like gold lettering. And it was really simple. And I actually took a picture of it because I thought it was like so cool and well done. I was like, I'm going to kind of steal that. And so my advice would be for t-shirt design and that kind of thing is back to thinking like you're an entrepreneur. If you think you're a business, business has competition. So if you're a singer, you're a band. There's another band who is competing with you. They're you know, essentially on the same level. Like Keith Urban is not your competition, but there's someone who you can kind of think of that sort of is. So I want people to make a list of like, say, 10 artist bands that would be maybe a little bit further than them career wise or like a whole lot. But Mm -hmm. go to their websites, go to their socials, audit their merch, do this with like a notepad and make notes of what looks good. Thing, when you go to a concert, take your phone out, you see a cool shirt, snap a picture of it on your phone, that kind of thing. This is like how an entrepreneur thinks as opposed to, oh, I'll just get a t-shirt and, you know, I'll put my name on it or whatever. Like you want something that kind of stands out.
0: Yeah. Like you don't Um, just want to put your album cover or your brand on the front of the t-shirt. For some that works. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. The one thing I'm really sick of seeing on t-shirts is that Jack Daniels knockoff. Mm -hmm. I've seen that on a couple of (laughs) men's shirts at shows. Yeah. You think you're looking cool, but I've seen that so many times. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get your shirt. Like I'm, I don't think that is. And I mean, some of the things that I saw and I agree with is like it doesn't have to be a ton of colors. Like you said, sometimes simple like that blue shirt with the gold lettering and sometimes less is more, like you said as well. But make it appeal to a wide range of people, too.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I I agree with exactly what you said. You know, like less is more generally with designs and logos. You want it to be sort of simple and concise, but also reflect who you are as Mm -hmm. a person so someone sees that and says oh yeah like this kind of totally looks like that band or that girl ben chase is one of our tree picks artists and his logo perfect for him like you know he kind of has that like country name the last name chase and has a circle with an acoustic guitar in it and like when i see that i look at it and think okay like there's a male country singer you know whatever it is your band is like kind of you know sort of think that but i would maybe push back a little bit on the if i go to a show like i want to buy a shirt that says you know Ben Chase or whoever you know like you're you people want to take like a piece of you home with them
0: the memorabilia that they're excited about yeah Yeah. exactly
1: a way you can do it to save money is find a t-shirt wholesaler and you can buy the shirts not screened or you know printed mm-hmm. and then take them to a printing company and you'll save it a lot of money. Business is what I've kind of found mm-hmm. since I started Treepix is loaded up with middlemen. It's just like there's so many of them from where it starts to when the, the customer actually buys it. Prices just keep getting jacked cuz everyone has to get paid. You know, if you can cut out as many middlemen as possible. So if you buy from a wholesaler and then take it to the printer, like you're going to save money. Because when someone buys the product, they're buying from the same wholesaler and then they're just adding a markup on it and mm-hmm. then selling it to you. When you're independent and you don't make a lot of money, so nope. you got to save it wherever you can.
0: And this is a great way to do it. Hats and toques. They are definitely becoming a lot more popular these days for sales mm-hmm. and like making hats, I think... Simply for those ones would be a good place just to put your logo on because it's such a small space.
1: Hats and toques, I'll say they're better than shirts because they're small. Again, the sizing thing, you don't have to worry about that as much. Yeah. So you could buy 10 hats, you know, as opposed to buying 20 shirts of five different sizes. So, you know, they're easy to transport and, you know, people like hats they're also much easier to set up at your merch table Mm -hmm. sometimes you might be playing in a small club and your merch table is like the size of a bar table big fan of hats
0: they're good here in canada because toques in winter hats in summer of course and you can wear a toque <laughs> almost every day of the year because it's cold in the morning in the summer <laughs> absolutely yeah do you think things should be embroidered or screen printed
1: on hats i like embroidered our hats are actually have a leather patch oh, and okay. then they get sewn on that looks cool uh it, for us you know it kind of sort of reflects the brand a little bit i'm a fan of the embroidered it just to me looks more professional yeah surprisingly not all that much more expensive than necessarily than screening. And I feel like the
0: color stands out a bit more too.
1: Totally. Back to that, if you Googled whatever town you're in, Toronto screen printers, you know, silk screening, Toronto embroidery, you know, you'll find like dozens in your own city. And so if you shop around, find the right one, generally speaking to I would encourage a smaller independent artist to go with a smaller shop. In my experience, when I was starting tree picks and it was like, you know, sort of an idea, I'd go to bigger places trying to find like wood supply stuff and they wouldn't give me the time of day because I was talking like smaller quantities. Mm -hmm. Whereas a smaller kind of mom and pop thing, they might be like a little bit more expensive, but still be competitive. But, they need the business more than a bigger person does. So, you probably get better service.
0: So, stickers. We see stickers everywhere. Everyone around the world loves stickers. You could be a musician, you could be a business, you could be anything. But, free stickers, you know, like out of all the promotional items, they're one thing that you should definitely be giving away or putting in the bags. And you can buy them in bulk and you can get them for super, super cheap prices, like 10 to 20 cents a piece, you know?
1: I ordered 10,000. <laughs> Tree pick 10, stickers. 10,000 stickers. Yeah, last July. And um, everyone who buys something from our website gets a free. Now, they're a little small. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're like a two-inch thing. But they get, like, a free sticker for it. But we also have, like, a bigger, like, a five-inch sticker that you could, like, put on a guitar case. Mm -hmm. So, like, guitar players, like, if you look at someone's case, like, they're just covered in stickers. It's kind of, like, a thing to do. Yeah. But any artist, yeah, back to your logo. Once you have the logo, it's easy to do. You send that to the sticker place and boom. So I would encourage you to kind of do that. So that's the other thing you were talking about, giving away. Again, it's like if you give more than you take, people love that. That's customer service. So, someone walks by your merch table, they come back and they meet you, you know, they get a picture, an autograph. They might not buy something, give them a small little sticker, like a little thanks so much for coming to our show. Really appreciate it. The sticker has your Instagram, whatever your social handles are on it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, give us a follow on Instagram. Little things like that go so far. So, you know, you might not have them as a customer tonight. They might come to buy a ticket to your next show.
0: Definitely. And a good thing about stickers too and why they're a great choice is because wherever they end up, they're going to be there for a little while. Exactly. Especially if you get the really sticky ones. And I it's like a little an... free ad for your band anywhere they go.
1: Uh-huh. I also have a fear of that. Like you'll be someplace (laughs) and you'll see like a sticker on a stop sign just for whatever, right? And like I have this fear that I'm gonna be somewhere someday and see a tree pick sticker somewhere that will like I'm like oh, and I'll you know try to peel it off because it shouldn't be there. (laughs) So (laughs) be
0: like Adam stuck it there. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Free promo. It's like a walking billboard. Uh Well, guitar picks. That's your specialty. That's what we do. And I think it's funny. I actually did not write this down. I found this online, but like. They said, have you ever tried to catch a guitar pick that was thrown into the crowd from the stage?
1: Once. I was at a John Mayer concert and I was like pretty close. And that was about maybe as close as I did. But yeah, I I didn't get it.
0: Well, it's like super hard to do. Uh And I think this is so cool because why not just have them at your merch table instead? Because they could be like, oh, I totally caught this while he was playing on stage. You know, they're never going to know any better. Well, they might. But, you know, for the most part, there are so many options when it comes to custom picks. Take it away. This is your specialty.
1: <laughs> They're a great merch item. So especially with us, you know, we can do it like, again, we're a smaller company, so we can do a small run. So if you're a band that has a really special show coming up and you want to, you know, make it look like you're bigger than you are, that's one of the things with what we do is we have a lot of different bands will, you know, buy pics from us and... Then they sell them at shows, and it's it kind of you know fits into like that lower quality. You know, like you want a price range at your merch table because mm-hmm. you know not everyone's going to spend thirty five bucks on vinyl or fifty or sixty bucks on a hoodie. But you know, someone might buy you know a sticker for three dollars or you know a couple of guitar picks for five or ten bucks. We make them out of wood. Most people haven't seen wood picks before, so they're kind of unique. So usually, even like our picks will kind of stop people in the tracks a little bit to think, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like it, To smell them. Yeah. To <laughs> smell them and you know, pick them up and look at them and whatnot. And so even like, you know, just like that, you, we were talking before about like a unique item, mm-hmm. you know, like a wood pick is a unique, not many people have them. People sell guitar picks, but they're plastic ones. Yeah. Not too many people have wood ones. So like, you know, think outside the box like that when you're trying to find like a merch item, like what's something that you've never seen at a merch table.
0: Wood guitar picks, and you can do yeah. so much with them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you've engraved provinces on them, you've engraved names on them. Like Matt's logo on his last guitar picks was insane. Like, yeah, that prism uh-huh. of things yeah, was yeah. so cool. You can do that on them. So, guitar picks, I think, are a really cool merch item uh, for those who play guitar or even those who don't, you know, because if you got a fangirl out there they can say they got it from you
1: totally totally <laughs> or a
0: fan guy you know Yeah, of course yeah pins i have seen a lot of pins recently they've been around for mm-hmm. decades they're also super cheap as well um mostly i would say i see pins more like the rock shows or the punk shows or like the more pop shows but they're becoming more and more popular and yeah so they're a great item for a low to no budget kind of independent or emerging artist
1: so pins are like, you know, I remember we collected them as kids and they're back now. Again, easy, cheap, small. Yep. You can order them in small quantities, like big fan.
0: Once again, big they're fan. going to be stuck on something for a long of time, course. like jackets, yeah. bags, whatever people carry every day. And they give you so- more of a chance to have your logo displayed on places you know exactly
1: and it's the kind of thing too that so if someone buys yeah. something from your website they buy an album they buy a shirt or whatever you could get like a small one inch pin that has your logo on it and throw it in as an add-on mm-hmm. and it costs you like hardly next to nothing but it makes that person feel special if you're a band and or a singer and like you have a super fan like no matter how big or small you are like there's people who Just kind of go to a lot of your shows and they really are into what you do. Gives you a little something that you could give them as a gift Mm -hmm. to make them feel like, you know, they're a little extra special, which they are. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of pins. Love them.
0: This one's a little more expensive, but we've definitely seen these pop up once in a while, but mostly online, not as much at live shows, but limited edition vinyl, you know, they're coming back, although we're in like the streaming decade of life. Vinyl's coming back. Like, this is the real deal. And they're a little bit more expensive, but when you're giving diehard fans a special treat, they will be a collector's item.
1: Totally. So there's a company here in Calgary called... I got to mess the name up, but I think it's Canada Vinyl Records Inc. They make the records here. It's uh, it's all in Canada, but they might not print it in town. I had a tour of their factory. They make it all from scratch here, and you can get them done in any color. The guy who owns it, his name is Ian, and he just gets it. Like he knows what it's like to, from the artist's point of view, and so they do the smallest run of what they do is 100 records. You know, if you have an album, a CD, whatever it is, ready to go, you can get as few as 100. Which really is not that much. And nowadays with things like Kickstarter or whatever, like you can also just like pre sell them before you even get them made. I think you're totally right. And they can do it like any color. So you could be like a one off thing. Final is you know, again, history repeats itself. Some of like the early records for certain things are mm-hmm. very valuable
0: a couple of artists that have done that recently a black Mountain whiskey rebellion mm-hmm. they brought me a record and they actually put out the record before they released it to streaming sites mm-hmm. many many months before i have never opened that record before because i don't have a record player and also <laughs> because i know it's going to be a collector's item one day because they're really good uh trevor Panzac had records for a while like even Casey Musgraves, The Rec Laws, Ed Sheeran, you'll walk into like a Sunrise Records or HMV or whatever, and you see records on the walls now. You don't just see CDs anymore.
1: I heard a funny joke. I was at a show in Calgary here at the Primetime Big Band. They're like an old school swing orchestra. And so they were doing the promotion thing at their break saying we have CDs for sale. And the guy said, if you don't have a CD player, he said you can buy one for $40,000. comes with a Ford Escape. Oh,
0: jeez. I was like,
1: you know, fair enough. Like, where would you buy a CD player? Like, I don't know. Like, you could buy CDs at Walmart, but can you buy a CD player?
0: Well, you know, uh-huh. we're going like a weirdly into the future, but also going back in time. Like, it's like a time warp. What are we doing, Adam?
1: It's, <sighs> you know, like, it's just, it, it's just a trend. Like, it is, it just, yeah. It just repeats itself. Oh, yeah. You know, rinse and repeat.
0: Uh, posters. I haven't seen a lot of posters at shows recently. I had tons of posters from magazines on my door up to down my mom got so mad at me because it wrecked the paint (laughs) Mm -hmm. but posters they are a classic you know and i think that maybe they should start coming back because they're also once again another cheap way to get your name out there because they could be put on door of your bedroom or you know they're just a nice reminder that hey i went to that show
1: totally so you can get posters done very cheap like super super cheap and all sizes as well so like as big as say like three feet by five feet or, well, that's pretty big, but, you know, two by three, whatever, like, you know, that sort of standard poster from the 80s that everyone had, like, you know, the Metallica or Bon Jovi mm-hmm. or whatever it was, you know, but you can also get them as small as like an eight and a half by 11, like a sheet of paper. And it's just, it's a piece of paper. And it's, it's not necessarily like cardstock. It's like literally paper. But you can get them printed like very, very cheap. A gloss kind of thing. And it looks great. It could be the kind of thing that you could sell at your show for like a dollar.
0: And they could autograph them. Exactly. And give them out. That's what they do for radio mm-hmm. stations. But those posters, go back to those, they are so useful because I have them all over my desk.
1: <laughs> totally. When I walked in your station here today, like there's all kinds of signed photos from artists that have been here. You know, if someone went to your show and let's say you're Ben Chase... And someone comes to your show and it says, you know, to Sarah, thanks for coming to my show, Ben Chase. That makes you feel special. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you're not just going to like throw away right away. You know, it might go on the wall. It might go in a file folder, whatever it is. But it's something that you're going to cherish. It's a really affordable way to, you know, connect with your clients. And I use that word like on purpose, like your audience. Again, it's like clients. Like, I want you to think like you're running a business because you are running a business. There's nothing wrong with sort of running a business in a way that you're sort of leaving money on the table if you're trying to grow your business for a long term you want to you know have a fan for life not a fan for a night i think of it like dating it's not a one-night stand it's a marriage
0: well yeah to your career to your fans exactly to your loyal listeners you know Mm -hmm. like merchandise is so everything these days, you know, and there's so many different kinds of merchandise. Those are the ones that are just like seen these days and that are the most popular. And I mean, some cool ideas that I actually looked up online were like lyric books or poetry books, because these people started off with like poetry. You know, that's how they got their songwriting into play. And, you know, there's a favorite song on an album. If they had like a sheet of paper that was like that poster paper with that song on it. How cool would that be? Absolutely. You know, like super inexpensive, but also super Touching, you know, and once again, that person can sign it, saying, "Hey, thanks so much for liking this song, or thanks so much for appreciating the song." And uh, lyric books are a little harder, of course. Those were my Bible when I was twelve years old, you know.
1: I could like write them out. Yeah, like, you know, I read them so much, and like I would, you know, who the producer was, what studio it was done, yep. where was it manufactured? You know, I was a music business geek kind of thing. <laughs> so so was I. I was like into that, <laughs> but I wanted to know, would be, you know, curious as to like. Did the band include the lyrics to their song on the thing? If they didn't, why not? You know, and then as I got a little older, like, you know, and learned, like, okay, if they had a two-page insert versus four whatever, like, you know, how much more it costs. And yeah, I was that exact same person.
0: So I think that would be really cool to start seeing at shows again, you know, and I mean, they don't have to put all of their songs on, you know, especially if they're emerging or independent, they may only have four or five songs, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Like, give us a shot and, you know, someday someone could be covering your song and like, I love lyrics. I love those kinds of things. And like Casey Musgraves, she just made a candle based on her song, Slow Burn. Love it. Sold online. I don't know if it's sold at our shows. Um, and Maddie Sorval, she just announced a couple of months ago that she's going to be more environmentally friendly and personal with her work. Like, she's not going to be selling just t-shirts anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And some other ideas like shot glasses, you know, flasks, because, you know, country people and rock people and pop people, I guess, like to party, mm-hmm. you know. And if they could have a shot with Ben Chase, they're going to have a shot with Ben Chase or mm-hmm. like a flask, right? They're going to associate a song with that flask. Phone cases, even, you know, like those are walking billboards themselves because on our phones constantly they're on our desks they're on our laps they're in our hands and like one unique item I saw was baby items but I would say this is more for like the older crowd but I think those are some cool ideas too what would you like to see what would be some cool merch items that you would love to see at shows
1: something that I've never seen before something like so outside the box a toothbrush with you know a comb like something that you would just be like what the hell is this doing on the merch table it's something that would like kind of be like okay you see t-shirt sticker record blah 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 and then toothbrush you like what's going on like something like that that would just kind of like almost make me laugh and like I use that as an example but like just think like so absurdly crazy you know I I would try that and then also something that like reflects your band so you were mentioning like the flask or a shot glass you know the tragically hip used to have a hockey jersey they're the quintessential Canadian band. You couldn't go to any NHL game without hearing a hip song, that kind of thing. So they had a hockey jersey. If you're a diehard hockey fan, Brett Kissel comes to mind. You know, he sang the national anthem at a bunch of Oilers games, that kind of thing. Maybe a hockey puck with your logo on it.
0: Chris Buckben actually did that.
1: If you're someone who like loves to cook and maybe your instagram stories is you doing all this different baking or that maybe it's an apron with your logo on it like i know trisha yearwood has a cooking show you should be able to buy a trisha yearwood apron at her shows yeah you know like that kind of thing or
0: maybe a mini recipe book or something or online access to Mm -hmm. A world of recipes and Devin Cooper I've just remember this actually when he did No Chasing You he gave select people bottles of vodka I got one
1: Devin yeah Devin was up, just Come on.
0: rocking it with that like then I went out that weekend and have fun you know I think I would like to see more of that kind of stuff MDM yeah. just sent his coffee actually so MDM records
1: Kate Stevens and Ellen Doty They did a partnership with a coffee shop just before Christmas. So yeah, you know, maybe do something like that. Make your own kind of blend of coffee.
0: Another artist, Alex Hughes, actually, she sold shirts and they were sweaters, like full-on comfortable sweaters. And this could be another idea is to maybe partner with a charity or maybe partner with an organization. So a certain amount of proceeds from that purchase of whatever goes to that charity that's also super enticing for people to want to buy from you
1: absolutely it's also what you're doing it's like a good thing to do to support a charity but it's also a way to collaborate and when i think of collaborate like it's a way to hack to basically i'm gonna use the word steal but steal another person's audience let's say you have a podcast i have a podcast. I do your podcast, all your listeners hear me, Mm -hmm. and then you come do my podcast, all your listeners hear you. You know, we're sort of cross-pollinating each other. So I take some of your listeners, they come check out mine, Mm -hmm. vice versa, same thing. So if, let's say, Alex Hughes did a sweater and she did it with a charity, you know, so Alex has her fan base that she's pumping it and selling it to, but she also has the charity working to promote it. Mm -hmm. And so their whole other kind of legion of people who maybe never heard of Alex Hughes before. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. That's kind of like her getting into this whole other pool of people. It's it's genius.
0: And I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram saying, buy a t-shirt and this amount of percentage is going to go towards mental health or to this animal rescue. And even if it's just a small thing, like purchase this sticker and, you know, five cents of it's going to go to this. But yeah, it's like cross-pollinating in a sense, but also you're helping out the
1: world. Mm -hmm. And the... Generation coming up now, they care about that much more than we did when we were their age oh yeah you know we figured it out but we relate to it <laughs> whereas they're born into it and they're being raised by you know people my age I don't have kids but you know like my either. sister has two of them <laughs> and I know that like my niece and nephew cared way more about that kind of stuff they're way more socially conscious
0: so we've kind of figured out different ways to sell merchandise in a way but also had a budget for merchandise that's a big thing <laughs> because these guys are already budgeting like studio time, they're budgeting photography, they're budgeting session players, lessons. But what are some options that these artists have to get merchandise without breaking the bank? We did actually talk about cutting out the middleman. Almost answered this question in full, but how can you absolutely determine your budget when it comes to merchandise? Like how should you look at it?
1: Generally the rule of thumb is whatever you pay for something, you double it and that's the price. So if you buy a t-shirt for 10 bucks, usually you sell it for 20 is kind of sort of how it works. But if you can't afford the 10 bucks to buy it in the first place, you have to figure it out. And then you have to go outside the box to budget it, do your homework and shop around. There's many people that they would go to one place and say, oh, well, it costs $25 to get a t-shirt made and I can't afford that. So they just shut it down right away. It's like, well, how many people you call one? Okay, we'll call this place and say, oh, well, we can do it for 14. like okay well then we're in the game so you know shop around Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with how good of a shopper you are with tree picks so our wood gets laminated so it's not just as simple as buy wood it's buy wood and then it gets glued together with a heat press da 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 I went to seven people before I found my guy who does it and if you're on like a shoestring budget your web store the printful thing that I made mentioned the print on demand is like a way to make it look like you have a full shop that doesn't cost you a penny honestly again think outside the box so if you go to a printing company and you know you want to get X number t-shirts done and you know say you're here in Calgary and they give you a thing and say well I can't afford that say hey do you guys have like a stampede party do you need entertainment for it like I'll play your stampede party for free like something like that sort of you know barter back to the bartering thing you know, what do you have that you can offer them that would be valuable to them? Not just like, this is what I have, take it or leave it. You know, put yourself in their shoes. Similar to, you know, what I was saying before. Someone said, oh, give me some free picks. Hey, like you need content. I can make, I'm really good at doing videos. I'll make you a 30 second video. I'm like, yeah. okay, you know what? Yeah, like let's talk. The other, sort of thing is to pre-sell. So let's say you, you know, I mentioned this company that can do a hundred vinyl records. I have no idea what the cost is, call them and figure it out. But let's just for argument's sake, say it's 20 bucks and you're going to do a hundred of them. So that's two grand you got to come up with to do the record. You might not have two grand in your pocket. Hey guys, what's up? I'm making, here's my CD. We're going to do a hundred of them on vinyl. Presale is going to be- f-
0: Presale? You know, Never heard that before. And then before. once you
1: get, you know, hit your number, Kickstarter, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's a the same idea, but you don't have to necessarily go through Kickstarter, like fundraise before you, you get it. But the, the flip side to that is, is you have to hold up your end of the bargain. Can't wait like, you know, 10 months until you get, the, you know, set something that's achievable. You want to buy a hoodie? You want to get hoodies made? Like they're kind of expensive, yeah. you know? Hey guys. Guys, doing an order of hoodies, if you'd like to get one, shoot me a DM, you know, and then you can say, oh, yeah, like I'm a medium. Boom, one medium.
0: And that just makes so much more sense. Totally. 9 a.m. on Saturdays and 3 p.m. on Sundays on 99.7 Sun Country or at 11 a.m. on AM 1140 And you can also stream it live on highriveronline.com. I am talking about the one and only Made in Alberta. So Sun Country and AM 1140 and Golden West, they are a proud supporter of Alberta country music and we love shining the light on our local music. I branch out, I do some folk, I do some blues, I do some rockabilly, and I throw in some pop sometimes and some outlaw rock and greaser country. I love all genres. What can you say? That is what Studio B is all about as well. The other reason I'm bringing it up is because I want to say thanks to Sun Country for letting me use the studio to do the production of Studio B right now because my computer decided to crash at home. So I want to give a shout out to those guys and also make sure you tune in to Made in Alberta to hear some awesome Alberta talent and I support all genres and from all over the world. Made in Alberta, it is specifically for like country, blues, folk, and some pop country and rock country and outlaw country and all that kind of stuff. But make sure you join us Made in Alberta on the weekends. You can check out uh, the Sun Country Facebook or the highriveronline.com blog for more information on how you can also be a part of Made in Alberta if you have a new song or you have some awesome news you want to share or anything in between. Make sure you get a hold of me for Made in Alberta. So tracking your inventory is super important too because you guys take care of your own merchandise. But like you said, you can have those online places that you don't have to even look at it. They're just there for you. But you buy too much and you're left without cash on hand and you need to store all the merch somewhere, but you don't have anywhere to put it. Or you buy too little and you miss out on monetization. And ultimately, you just, you know, you got to keep a detailed inventory of your merchandise.
1: Totally. You know, if you're stuck with stuff, you gotta liquidate the same reason that if you go to walmart on boxing day all the christmas stuff is like 50 percent off my favorite <laughs> day of the year is november 1st because you can go into any store and all the halloween candy is like 70 percent off
0: it's so good so
1: you know if you wait but it's it's that whole thing like that's how a business operates but it's the same thing with you like if you order a hundred shirts and at the end of the summer when all the gigs are basically done and if you're stuck with like 60 of them, well, do I wait till next summer? What do I do? Like, you know, I don't want to sit on 60 shirts. Then you, you know, you, maybe you're clearing them out. You know, you see this on bigger bands. Like, you know, you might, if you go to like Dave Matthews website, they have Dave Matthews summer tour from 2018, but they're stuck with a bunch of shirts so they sell them cheaper you know because it's two years ago and you know it's just it's business
0: I have a note here beware of price breaks but I wasn't 100% sure what that meant but it did pop up on one of the Mm -hmm. websites price breaks at certain quantities
1: Mm -hmm. if you buy 10 picks from me the price is x number dollars if you buy 100 picks from me the per unit price comes down it's the same thing with anything you buy in bulk quantity you know a printer is manufacturing stickers. Mm -hmm. Let's think of it that way, or they're making tissue, that kind of thing. So yeah, if you order say a hundred stickers, let's say it costs you a dollar a sticker, but if you order a thousand stickers, it might cost you 65 cents per sticker. So that's what a price break is. If you order bigger quantities, you'll get a cheaper price. Your wholesale price that you're buying, but what you're selling for doesn't necessarily change. Huh, okay. So, you know, if you're a band and, you, you know, that guy who I was telling you about that makes records, you buy hundred records from him, it might be 20 bucks, you know, and you're going to sell the record for 35. If you bought a thousand CDs from him, let's say it's $15 that he's going to charge you. You're still going to sell it for 35, but you'll make an extra five bucks each one. The trick with that is trying to figure out how much of each you need to sell.
0: One thing they mentioned here was check your design specs carefully, like make sure everything you submit is on point and it meets the supplier specifications because any, last minute changes are going to cost you money and also it's going to be like a bad tattoo it's there forever
1: (laughs) a lot of exactly a lot of places have our setup fees and honestly like a lot of these times they're just charging you unnecessarily we have a one-time setup it's a little different with t-shirts because i know screen printing works but printers and that kind of stuff they're just like copying the file like it's not that big a deal sometimes you get charged with it and there's not much you can do when you get your logo made get it made in you tell whoever's doing it, you want it in every file possible. Because like people, bands and singers will email me all the time. Hey, your pics look really cool. I'd love to get some made. No problem. Send me your logo. I'll have a look. And then they'll send me like, all I have is a PNG of it, 45 yeah. kilobyte file. And then, like, you know, I copy it into the software and it just looks like blurry crap and you can't really work with it. And sometimes they'll charge you extra because a graphic designer, they think of what they're doing no different as someone, say, painting a picture. And so, like, this is their artwork and they don't want people modifying it. Fair enough. Make it very clear to them that, you know, they're just the person holding the pen and it's your artwork and you want a vector file you want a pdf you want a png you know you want a transparent thing all these things because whatever you're getting made is going to want that
0: the other notes here which were like limit designs and limit colors because those could also cost more like you said you know you got to be unique but maybe that's why so many band t-shirts are so simple these days you know but they're not bad you know Totally. and also don't order last minute because rush orders cost a lot of money so don't wait till last minute to Ab- get your orders in
1: absolutely Yeah. got to plan now and again stuff happens kind of last minute minute. Best thing you can do there is just try to go as local as you can. You'll get the fastest service. Mm-hmm. If you do shop around and you look out of town, like even with shipping charges, you might end up saving. Plan in advance, absolutely.
0: As we're going to talk about online merchandise now because we kind of talked about like at your show kind of merchandise and we did talk about online merchandise, selling directly to your fans, you know, they can't always make it to your shows or they didn't get a chance to buy a shirt at your show because they didn't have a size or they didn't have what you wanted, but You know, like you said, you got to have your website up to date, you know, and you got to keep in touch with your fans a long term and your website is the best way to do it. But let's talk about online merchandise and how to create the best portal for it. So step one I have here is organize it, you know, like it needs to be organized and needs to be simple and it needs to be easy to navigate.
1: For sure. Like, you know, you should have a section where these are all the hats and this is the shirts and these are accessories, you know, stickers, ETC, that kind of thing. Think of it no different than walking into a Walmart. This is the clothing section. This is sporting goods. This is automotive. Your website should be similarly organized, your web store.
0: And then step two is have images for every item. I think that's a big one. And make sure they are clear and make sure that they are obvious.
1: (laughs) Nothing is more important everything's the most important. Like, you know, your photos have, but like if something just looks like crap, no one's gonna buy it. If you shoot it like with your phone, like phones are, they've come a long way and they look great. You can buy a light box on Amazon Prime for like 15 <laughs> bucks. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. And like back to this Fiverr website I was talking about, you can pay someone like $5 who will like cut the backgrounds out of all your photos. Yeah. So then you have product photos, web store 101. But like a lot of artists, you know, they they don't necessarily kind of think that way, but yep. like, that's super important. Think of it like, so, you know, like you're selling this stuff, but think about when you're buying something, like if something looks like crap, like you're just not going to...
0: No, and it should be you know? for every item. Like, even if it's a sticker or a pen mm-hmm. or a toothbrush, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
1: it's going to look amateur. And then in turn, you're going to look amateur. But honestly, like when I was talking before about um, if you're a band and like looking for merch, like take te- a notepad and look at like 10 other competitors. So I did the same thing. Like when I was like shooting, getting ready to do like the product photos for the merch and stuff and the hats, I went to like 10 Trees website, East Coast Lifestyle, these things. Like how do they shoot their hats? It sounds so simple, but it's... Go to Pinterest,
0: mm-hmm. you know, go to your favorite podcasts. Totally. How do they design it? So I think that's a super good idea, you know? It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, take pictures yeah. the way that your favorite artist took pictures of their merchandise. And the last thing to bring up about like the online merchandise thing is describe each item, you know? So talk about types of merchandise that you have and what they are.
1: Super important. If you have a t-shirt, put, is it made out of cotton is it a cotton poly blend that kind of stuff those details matter also this comes into like writing copy is another like whole skill set like writing a description about a t-shirt it you know you could just like put the specs but you also like want some kind of story you know if you buy this hoodie, we're going to give $10 to a water thing, you know, in wherever. So incorporate that, like tell the story first, like try to grab people's attention. Tell a quick story, a sentence, like you're not writing a novel. You just want, you know, like people don't have time. The other big thing about a website too, we as a society are addicted to free shipping. You have to kind of figure out a way to offer that. It could be as simple as, you know, any order over $49 ships for free. Or if you just build it even into the cost, but you free shipping is absolutely imperative. You know, there's a shipping charge, you kind of lose them before they even start.
0: If these artists are handling their own merchandise and they have to ship them, is there a cheap way to do that?
1: In Canada, it's Canada Post. Usually whatever the national postal service is of your country is the most affordable way. You you just brought something up that made me think, like, if you're an artist and you're handling your own shipping and that kind of stuff, if you're on the road, you have to have someone who's on that, Mm -hmm. you know, they call it fulfillment. And there's like fulfillment centers. There's businesses that just do that. If you have an online store and you're selling whatever it is, you better have someone who can like kind of manage the store while you're gone. Because if someone buys something from your website tonight, you better have it in the mail like tomorrow or the next day. 10 years ago, it was sort of weird and you'd just be happy when it showed up. Yeah. Whereas now you want it as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. Have someone on the ball if you're on the road whether it's a radio tour, a concert tour, or you're just traveling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to move on to the best prices, you know. So you mentioned this earlier, but also offering merchandise at multiple price ranges on your table. We kind of discussed that a little bit because not everybody wants to buy merchandise, you know, and that's fine. Uh, But making it easier to persuade them with multiple prices is definitely a big thing how much should bands price their merch for like what is the average price for certain items that you've seen because I've seen like t-shirts anywhere from 25 to 40 dollars and like you said with other items it is like you pay for it in bulk and then you double that price is that how it should work for everything
1: that's kind of the sort of rule of retail there's a million exceptions to that that's sort of how it works but again back to the middleman thing so, there's, you know, you hear about sales reps and distributors and that kind of thing. So, let's say I make a guitar pick and it costs me $2. Mm-hmm. You're a distributor who's going to take it to another place. So, you buy it off me for two, you're going to sell it to someone for four, and then they're going to sell it to someone for eight. And, you know, it just keeps getting doubled and doubled. You want as high as profit margins as you can. The price of anything is what someone is willing to pay for it and what you're willing to accept for it you know as long as you're not losing money in theory you're fine you're right there is sort of a standard if i went to like an independent band show 25 bucks for a shirt seems fine for me like you know that's usually what we sell our shirts for like when we're at a live event but like when you go to a bigger concert like i'm sure like a taylor swift shirt is going to be more expensive pick like a world-renowned act like they're making mega, mega, mega dollars on merch. I don't know if there's a rule of thumb, you know, like as, as far as like a band pricing stuff, but like this is just to point out like how big of a thing merch is. Yeah. Like, you know, have you ever been to like a big show, be it in a stadium, arena, or a theater to see a touring band and there's no merch table? Never. Exactly. So if you're an artist, you should absolutely have one too. There's no excuse not to. Definitely. And even if it's simple as just pens, stickers, and... Posters Whatever. or something, yeah, you
0: know. One last thing I'm gonna bring up before we wrap up here is also have different methods of payment at the merch table. This drives me up the wall because <laughs> if I can only pay cash and the lineup to the ATM is like 3,500 people deep, I'm gonna be less inclined to want to purchase a item because I'm like I'm not waiting in that line but like you know provide cash options as well or car payment methods and it's so easy these days because there's those tap things there's four square things but how important is this to provide more than one kind of cash payment
1: you have to have the least amount of friction between the consumer as possible you're right. You waiting, wait in a merch line and you get to the front of the table and it's like, oh, we only take cash and then you're going to be pissed off and then leave. And nowadays there's no excuse. So yeah, like Square takes money. They take a percentage of like taking a credit card sale. Like again, back to you could wish it was different or you could adapt, raise your price to cover that cost or eat it, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's just the way it is. When I see that kind of thing, it's like, okay, this person is lazy and they're stingy. I say person, business. I know, yeah. You know, you're (laughs) leaving money on the table.
0: That's one last thing I'm going to talk about merchandise specifically is we talk about it being like a walking billboard when someone's wearing a t-shirt or putting a sticker on something or wearing a pin or displaying something on their work wall or whatever. But also this creates like a kind of interaction between the artist and the fan. Absolutely. You know, and there's so many ways that they can do this with their merchandise table online, for example. But another way is like, in-depth promotion like once they order that thing online guess what you got their email address you can send them promo stuff you know and it's very cheap to do that or when yeah it's free you know and if they're at your merch table you can sign them up for their mailing list Mm -hmm. which i wouldn't call a mailing list anymore but emailing list or sign them up for a close friends thing on instagram you know like or you give them like free swag bags or something with your social media on it but it's always a way to interact with your fans. Merchandise is just another marketing tool for you to get yourself out there.
1: Just because you're not super famous yet people like the idea of having access. Text platforms are coming on now. You know if they feel like you know they have access to you and you know you can kind of connect with them on a personal level again it's back to that you know marriage versus dating thing like you know you're you got them you got Mm -hmm. them for life you mentioned like email signups you know we did that at you we were like folk fest that kind of thing if you take out your phone right now follow us on instagram we'll give you a free sticker boom like same kind of thing like if you're an artist like that say hey do you follow us do you like our facebook page you know gotta do something to incentivize them the the other thing i would suggest is that like you want to have a selection but you almost don't want too much you can't give people too much choice if you have, like, a merch table and there's, like, 20 different items on it, you want it kind of small and concise. Like, if I was to, like, kind of simplify it, that's what I would suggest. The idea is that, like, they're not going to be there all that long. If they see something, it's an impulsive thing, and they mm-hmm. buy it and they're gone.
0: And definitely, I think, a big point, too, from the website, offer a clear way to contact the artist or the person in charge of merchandise in case if something goes wrong or where is it in the mail or something happens. Um, like on your store page, include contact form specific to sales or a call to action with a link to your contact section. Those are all the big topics I have. But are there any last tips or anything that I may have left out about merchandise that you really want to get out and talk about for these independent and emerging artists?
1: It's, it's so important. And it's also not that hard to do. It's honestly never been easier to do this kind of stuff. And it gets easier every day because there's more and more people and the price comes down. It'll be easier to do it tomorrow than it is today kind of makes you look like you're more professional than you are if you're just starting out Mm -hmm. it's kind of like oh this guy this girl this band they got their shit together you know and again with the online store like you know you can have a whole online store and like not even you know it's it's the world we're living in
0: please tell us where it is because sometimes we don't know where it is and if it's hard to find i'm probably not going to buy anything because i can't find it or like you said keep it near an entrance or a back way or but somewhere people are going in and out that was really 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 good advice thank you for sharing everything with Um, Yeah, so last note. We got to know more about Tree Picks and where can we find you and where can we purchase all the beautiful guitar picks that you make?
1: They're in a bunch of stores, but honestly, the best place is just the website. It's free shipping. So depending on where you're listening, you know, I could rhyme off a bunch of stores, but the website has way more selection than any store does. So it's just treepicks.com on all the socials, but primarily on Facebook and Instagram. Treepicks.com, you can get everything there and all picks are free shipping anywhere in the world. Apparel has there's shipping charges for that. Yeah, check it out. Send me uh, an email any of the stuff on the website or the in the socials all come to me.
0: Cool. Thanks so much for coming in.
1: Thanks. It was a blast.
0: <laughs>